If you want to make your dream become reality, the people that are running after that dream know they're going to have hard times. They keep on running because they're saying within themselves, I'm the one, I'm the one. No matter how bad it is or how bad it gets, I'm going to make it. What is up, guys? You're listening to the MFCEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Today is Sunday Sermon. You know what that means. We're going to fill your heart. We're going to fill your soul. We're going to replace Jesus. Wait, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can't replace Jesus. Can you, Vaughn? No. Can't. We we do have the second best thing, though, and that's DJ DJ God. Distant second, but second. Yeah. What's up, dude? Oh, what's up? Listen, when they're playing Easy E in the uh, warehouse, it's going to be a good day. Dude, I went back there and they did not know who that was. Well, Scott was playing it. I know, but and they I didn't walked know. back there. They didn't actually know no. it was Easy E. Oh. No, they were. I was making them guess, and they were guessing all kinds of stuff. We have a moral crisis in our planet or in our country when young people don't know who Easy E is. Dude, they didn't know who Dr. Dre was. Yeah, but I do confess that in spite of your encouragements for me to. Watched the movie. I have still not watched, uh, not Boys in the Hood. The the one about NWA. What was it called? You told me it was a really good movie. It's, it's awesome. I can't think of the name. Uh, right now. Straight out of Compton. Yeah, that is right. That, it's a great movie. Yeah, you I heard seen that. it. I haven't seen it yet. I want to. You're gonna love it. I want to. You you will love it. Yeah. It makes every middle aged white dude feel like a gangster. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> <laughs> we felt legit. I did. Too legit to quit. Oh. Gosh. When. Uh, when we were listening to Easy E, back you got some in, fucking parachute pants at home. I know I, you do. I do. And you dance some, like you yeah. do that side to side dance. Thing yeah, you and do. I had the two legit. You know, you guys yeah. can't see me, but I'm making the two legit to quit uh, thing. Do well, you know Vaughn's at home practicing his parachute pants? What do they? Yeah. Call, he called that MC Hammer. He called that dance something. I forget what. Yeah, it was. I don't know. The Hammer Shuffle or can't whatever touch it is. This. Yeah. Yeah. I know you yeah. practice that. I would love to have MC Hammer on the show. Dude, I bet he could teach you some stuff about what not to do with money. Exactly. Yeah. Like, literally, the dude was, I mean, it's kind of sad because he was so generous, you know, they got, yeah. he got this, Is like, that what happened? Well, yeah, I think he had these- I don't really know his story, his backstory. Basically, the story is, is that everybody and their brother who knew him came out of the woodwork and was, like, suddenly his best friend, and he started supporting them and helping them. Oh, and, man. Yeah, it was bad. Can't do it that. It was bad, so. It's hard so, to say no, you yeah. know. Um. Did but, you have? Did you actually have family members that you literally never talked to? That once you start yeah, getting, you of did. Course. They just kind of popped up. Of course, yes. Yeah, it's crazy. Of well, uh, and it's you know what's funny? Every single one of them was the same people that would like say, like condescending shit to me when we were getting started. Oh, of course. Every yeah. single one. I believed in you. No, every single one of them was the people you know who say the famous line. Oh, you still got that little vitamin shop? Right. What do you plan on doing with that? When we started, it was the same motherfuckers. Yeah. Every single one of those people that asked me for money or asked me for help or asked me for this or that or a job, every single one was one of those people. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's, I'm being I'm being dead serious. Oh, I know you are. So, in other news, you are normally a, a somewhat intense individual who expresses yourself in somewhat forthright ways, but I have noticed in the last couple of days that there has been... Maybe an additional fire, yeah, well, flickering from your words. I didn't know what it was because I, I, uh, I came home the other day and Emily was like, "What's what's going on with you? Yeah, like, what'd you take today?" 
you yeah. know? And I didn't put it all together, but we actually did come out with a new product uh, that we started, that I started taking that has been f- really getting me good uh, energy and making me feel good. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Um, but I didn't put that together as to why I started feeling good. But mm-hmm. um, you know what, dude? The truth is, man, is like, I'm just tired of this fucking space. You know what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. tired of it. And I know yeah. I go through this shit, and you guys have been through, you know, hearing me say that. But I'm sick of it, man. I'm not talking about the fitness business. I'm talking about the success entrepreneur space. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm so sick of the predatory mentality and, you know, getting people to come to an event, pay $5,000 or $1,000 or fucking $15,000 to go to a fucking event only to be fucking sold more shit. And like, dude, I can't, I can't stand by and say nothing about that. If you're too unaware to realize what's happening, I have a moral responsibility to point it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I don't think it's okay for someone who's um, in the beginning of their journey looking at someone, and there's not just one person that does this. There's lots of people that do this. But looking at people that are successful and, and saying, I'm going to go to this event, I'm going to pay $5,000 to learn from this person or $1,000 when they don't fucking have it, and they're racking it up on their credit card, or they're asking their parents, or they're going into debt to get to these things, only to be told, well, to really learn this stuff, you got to buy this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, dude, I don't, I don't agree with that, and I'm over it, and it's fucking right. wrong. It's wrong. You know, at some point, the greed has to be fucking exposed. And, you know, the good thing is, is all I'm doing is making people fucking raise their eyebrows and say, man, I wonder what he's talking about. Pay attention, because this is what everybody does. Everybody does this shit. And that you wonder why I'm not speaking? That's why I'm not fucking speaking. Because there's very few opportunities to speak that aren't involved in situations like that. You know, and I'm tired of people using my name and my pool and my loyal following, you guys, to draw you guys in only to sell you guys other shit. I'm not doing it anymore. Right. You know what I mean? You know, Ed and I do our own event, and that's fine. Well, that's what I was going to say. There's so much filth in Dude, the industry. Dude, I, I fucking bring... I'll, I'll put a fucking event on that's that's only one day long that you'll learn fucking 20 fucking 200x the shit that you're going to learn anywhere else, okay? Right. And not only that, you won't have to buy nothing else. Right. You know, and I have real entrepreneurs teaching it, not social media fucking blue check quote-unquote fucking celebrities. I'm talking about real motherfuckers. People in our syndicate that fucking are actual entrepreneurs. Like, dude, that's what needs to... That's what this space needs to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay... I understand people making money. And I understand... And I am not against that. I love making money. I love it. But I love to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if, I, if you come to my event and I teach you enough shit and you go out and make money and I made a little bit of money from the event, that's fair. Right. Because I'm offering you shit that you could go use but like if i were just if you were just to come to an event and me just you know say oh well to really learn this you got to do this and give me fucking 20 more grand it dude it ain't right yeah and and uh and you know i do believe that the education system is changing uh i believe a reckoning is coming for people that fucking operate that way um I mean, imagine going to school, dude, and you pay fucking, you know, $15,000, $20,000 a semester, okay? Which is fucking less than some of these events cost, by the way. 
and you, and you go there, and in every single class, the teacher says, all right, I'm going to stand up here and talk for an hour, and at the end of the hour, I'm going to charge you another 15 grand if you really want to fucking learn. What? It's right. laughable. Right. Like, it it's laughable. laughable. And, like, people don't realize what's happening when they go to these things. It's not about helping anyone. It's about fucking money. Right. And, dude, that's that goes against my core value beliefs. I believe that moving forward, I believe that events that are going to operate that way are going to go fucking by the wayside, and people are people are starting to see through what's actually going on, okay? And they're starting to make sense of what's actually going on, and I believe that, you know, and some of you influencers out there need to fucking listen to this, because I'm rarely wrong about things like this, but I believe that people are getting smart. And I believe people want real value. And I believe people are going to gravitate towards that. And I think that, you know, anybody who does what I'm talking about is going to be weeded out over the course of time. They might make a few bucks today. They might make a few bucks tomorrow. And they might make a few bucks next year. But eventually, this this revolution is going to happen. And if you're not providing actual content, and if you actually haven't done it, you're not going to have a place on that stage. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I believe that, and I think it's true, and I think it's happening. And if you want to be the person who uh, tries to sell info products or tries to sell courses or tries to sell events, number one, you better have done that shit yourself because people are sick of the nonsense. They're sick of the 19, 20 to 25-year-old kid who's never built a fucking company talking about how they're going to show you how to do X, Y, Z. People are smarter than that. And whatever fucking money you're making off of that right now, it's going to stop. Right. Okay? So one, you better have done it. And two, if you are going to offer those kind of things, you're going to have to deliver real value. So you're going to have to be qualified and you're going to have to know what the fuck you're talking about. And I think that you're going to see a revolution of that. And I can tell you right now, uh, Ed and I, Milet, we are committed to making that happen. Bottom line. You know, I spoke at fucking 10 events last year that were fucking total pitch fest bullshit events. You know, by the end of the year, I had already committed all these things. So I had to do them. By the end of the year, I was so disgusted at the last, the one of the last events I spoke at, dude, I almost threw up afterwards because I felt so guilty about what was going on. You know what I mean? I remember I went back to my hotel room. I had everybody calling me and texting me and saying, dude, let's go hang out. This I was so sick to my stomach that I called the pilot and I said, I was supposed to leave in two days. I called my pilot and I said, hey, I want to leave right now. And we were gone in an hour. I went home. It made me sick. And I'm, I'm No, just I not, know you did because you came home and talked about it. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. not going to I'm not going to be a part of that. Yeah. I'm just not. There's another aspect of this too, man. And we we kind of discovered this when when you started. So the, that's why I'm getting so mad. Yeah, no, you know I, I get mean? it. It makes sense. It's a good thing to get mad about. But it it something else that we discovered when you guys started. And by the, the way, Vaughn, it's not hating. No. I'm not hating. I'm telling the fucking truth. No, absolutely. Right. There's a yeah, big yeah. difference between hating and telling the truth. All right. A lot of people, you know, who do this shit have reached out to me and be like, why are you hating on my hustle? Why? Because you're not hustling. You're cheating. Mm-hmm. You're scamming. You're taking advantage. And I do not fucking agree with that. Okay. I've never done that in my life. I've never fucking, I've never built a dollar off of taking advantage of somebody. In fact, dude, I think we're the only company on earth that offers a 110% money back guarantee on their products. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
dude, if it didn't help you, fuck, I'll give you your money back plus 10%. I personally believe that that's how business should be done. Mm-hmm. That's it. If you don't offer real value, you should not feel good about taking somebody's money. Mm-hmm. And, and that seems to be, you know, when you're young and you're hungry and you don't have any money, you want the money so bad, you're willing to bend your integrity. But the problem with that is, is that long term, people remember that you bet your integrity, you know, so you have a hard time coming back from that. Absolutely. And especially in today's day and age. And dude, and you're also short sighted from an economical standpoint. There's not enough fucking people in this in this world that you're going to be able to get in front of that are going to be able to. You know, you're going to be able to recycle customers. Customers are too interconnected now. And this is a fundamental aspect of your business that you need to think about and your integrity that you need to think about. People are instantly connected now. So whereas 20 years ago, these fucking scammers could get a, get away with doing seminar after seminar after seminar, and that could be their career. They could do one every fucking week all across the country. Now, if you do that and you're not selling real shit, guess what? Everybody knows after two weeks. So you're done. So some of these guys who are out there doing this shit, it's just a matter of time before everybody just starts piling on and saying, dude, that guy's done. Absolutely. And you're done. Yep. You know? And so it's it's just old school mentality. And the reality is, is that this, this economy, this way of doing business, uh, this culture will not tolerate that. It's bad business. We right. won't, we will not tolerate it. You know? You have to go to an event and walk away and say, holy shit, that was the best event I've ever been to. It changed my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It has to deliver that much value or it's not going to work. Yep. You know, people can talk about Tony Robbins all they want, but I don't fucking know many people that have gone to a Tony Robbins event that don't walk out saying, holy shit, dude, that was amazing. Even though it is kind of cheesy and it is kind of fluffy and it is kind of hokey, he's got his way of touching people for real and the people who go expect that that's right yeah that's right and like dude i'm not talking bad i love tony robbins dude he is fuck i would not be here without him like so the last thing i want to come across is like i'm knocking what he does it's just a different style and he's very good at it and you know what it truly helps people which is why tony robbins does whatever he 500 million dollars a year in product yeah because it's real shit you know what i mean yeah Absolutely. Well, we know this because when you started the, uh, here's another aspect of this. When you started the Arte Syndicate and we got these, you know, 10,000 applications, there were certain people who contacted us who said, you know, I can't afford it, but I found out recently that they have something called self-development loans. Like there are actually banks or there are actually entities. out. Yeah, there's actually entities out there now that are saying, we'll give you a loan for self-development. And they're just exorbitant interest rates, right? Well, but I remember we were talking about this and I remember you basically told certain people, listen, if you can't afford this, we don't want you going into debt. That's right. I had people, I don't remember that self-development loan shit. But I was probably zoned I think, out. I think Ed and I were talking about there was some lady yeah. that told oh, told oh yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm do remember that lady. Self de- de- I do de- remember that yeah. lady. We told her no. Yeah, we told we her said no. no. Because we're Actually, like, no, think, you're I, not going into you're not I going into debt for this. I think we told her she needed to go to the accelerator. Right. Because it was right. cheaper. But but the point is, is that dude, uh and you'll talk to very few people in our group that I mean, I don't think we'll talk to anybody that is gonna say, fuck, it's amazing. But, oh, absolutely. Uh but they could all afford it, yeah, because they worked to, to that level. Yeah, but yeah, dude, we could have signed up all ten thousand, took right. all their fucking money. Right. What is that? Ten thousand at 
three hundred bucks a month. It's fucking whatever. A lot. What is it? <laughs> well, I don't know. Ten thousand times three hundred. Tyler. Three hundred thousand, right? Three hundred thousand. Yeah, month. it's three hundred thousand a month. No, no, so, no. It's more than that. It's three million a month. All right, I'm going to do it right now. I'm not good at math. I am, however, a writing genius. But hold on a second. Some of you, it's three million a month. Three million a month. Right. Okay, so that we that we fucking turned down. Yeah. Over what was the right thing to do? Right. You know, it's. I don't know, man. I, there's not. You know my my fucking integrity and my, my and all and my self esteem, my confidence, and my conscience is not for sale. Right. It's just not. There's no amount of money that's worth it. I want to be able to sleep at night. You know, I live an extravagant lifestyle. I love cars. I love planes. I love cool shit. But I don't want to be the guy who looks at all that shit and feels bad about how I got it. Mm-hmm. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk says a, says a very true thing that it's hard to understand it's young. And he says, how you make your money is more important than how much you make. Mm. And dude, it's fucking true. It's true. You know, I could have started a porno site when I was fucking 19 years old and been rich as fuck by the time I was 23. Right. You know what I mean? And right. I thought about it, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. But I was like, but I, I swear to God, I talked to my dad. I said, Dad, I, I, I'm going to start this website. And he's like, he's like, look, he's like, I know that you can make a lot of money, but you don't want to be known as that guy. And you don't want to be, you don't want to go to business functions and this and that and be the porno guy. Right. You know, and he's yeah. right, man. Yeah. You know, but I, I'm lucky enough to have somebody who had a moral who compass. was there to guide me. Right. Because when you're young, you don't real because you're starving, dude. You're like, fuck, right. I just want to make it. You know what I mean? Right. It ties into what we talked about the other day about these younger guys using the tools available to them to actually create income to roll into a real brand versus just like, right. you know, making the money and going out and buying fucking Gucci's and fucking Supreme backpacks. Right. You know what? You have cool hair. You, your point I, to me, it's a lose lose situation. If Wait, you do don't that. you have a Supreme backpack? <laughs> Not anymore. I don't think. Don't you have Gucci shoes? Oh, they were a gift from you. Thank you. Don't you have cool hair? <laughs> I, I did feel personally attacked just now. Damn, dude. Damn. No, but if you do the kind of thing that you just said, like you... you, now, you, I, you in, all, in, in all defense, dude, I did give Tyler his Gucci shoes. <laughs> I like Gucci shit. Yeah, man. Hey, it's I like Gucci They're Gucci, Gucci flip-flops. They're slides. Yeah. 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 You know, dude, I like the Gucci flip-flops just because of that song that Future had. You know what talk, song I'm talking about? What's it, how's it go? Fuck, I don't even know. I fucked your I bitch know. in my Gucci flip flops, <laughs> dude. That line makes me laugh so fucking hard. I, after I heard that line, I'm like, dude, I'm getting some Gucci flip flops. <laughs> so it's a lose lose situation if you earn your money the wrong way. Because if you do keep a conscience about it, you're going to be miserable. You're gonna you're gonna live with guilt every. But here's the other side of it, Andy. You can actually sear your conscience where you don't feel it anyway. And what kind of person do you become? If you no longer a soulless, feel a, a soulless, soulless miserable, sociopath yeah. who literally exists to sell, to sell, to sell, to sell, to make money, and that's why you exist. Man, so I'll, it's a I'll, lose-lose situation. I'll be honest. That would suck. It would no suck. No matter how much money you made. It would suck. Yeah. Because everybody would see you and look at you and know that you were a joke, know that you, Not had, only that, you when would you, become- When you fucking, when you, when you do wake up from that, you're going to look at yourself in the mirror and hate what you see. Yeah. And not everybody wakes up, but people do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. It I don't is, know. It is tough. I'm so, just I just I just see a lot of people going about this the wrong way right now because of the tools that are available. Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. uh I think a lot of people in fifteen years 
are a not going to have an opportunity because they they ran their own brand through the mud and nobody's going to trust them. B, um, if they do make a little bit of money, they're going to feel real shitty about how they made it. Uh, C, you're you're going to be jump. You know, it's just like we talked about the other podcast. You're going to be chasing the cheese. Mm-hmm. You know, one cheese to another cheese to another cheese, and eventually that fucking mousetrap's going to smack down on your head, and you're going to be dead. Right. Not only that, but they're missing out on one of the coolest experiences ever in building a brand. Dude, which, wh- which it, did I not say this in our meeting the other day, the one we had over next yeah. door? What did I say? I said, dude, the best part about this company is coming to work every day. It's having to come to work every day. You know, we're all friends. We all have fun. Like, I would be so unfulfilled if I didn't get to come here. And, and, and dude, I asked that in our meeting the other day, and I didn't make anybody raise their hands because I didn't, you know, obviously if I say it, they're going to say, yeah. But like I could see it on their faces, they were like excited. They're like, "Yeah, dude, this is this is awesome," you know. And uh, we were talking. Were we talking about last night in the media room? I thanked room? you for having the meeting too. Yeah, like yeah, we were talking about. Yeah, it. but weren't we talking about last night in the media room? Yeah, you. We had just made your Lamborghini video. And, oh, that uh, was two nights ago. Yeah, two nights yeah. ago. But uh, yeah, you you had just we were said, ta- me, you, and Alex were talking. Yeah, you were just sitting yeah. there, and he just randomly looks up and he goes. Fuck, I love coming to work here. Yeah, it's like not even having a fucking job. And then Tyler's like, well, I have a fucking job. <laughs> well, I have to say at this point in the year, it, it would be a lot more fulfilling if we were in like Austin or Phoenix. Because being in St. Louis God, right you, now just sucks. You were such a whiner. Dude, I'm sorry. It, You're a whiner. It sucks. You live fucking 40 miles away from anything cool. <laughs> like, why do you, 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 that'd be like saying Chicago sucks, but living yeah, but my like, mom lives out there. We got to take care of her. She's by herself. So move her, move her along. Yeah, that's true. Probably could. Move her in. Yeah. Dude, you need to be in a good area, like close in, like where we are. You would love it. Yeah. <clears throat> I, know, I know. I've been told. You told me that I should, I would prefer Kirkwood. Because you would. I believe the exact- Kirkwood's a- I, I believe the exact words were, you could hang out with all the other latte drinking nerds. Hey, <laughs> I hang out in Kirkwood. <laughs> I don't drink fucking latte. Dude, listen, somebody's got to lead these nerds, all right? (laughs) That's great. Yeah. No, dude, Uh, I I love Kirkwood. It's my favorite fucking area of St. Louis. I mean, that's where where Billy G's is. That's where my home base is. I live one, literally one street over from being in Kirkwood. Well, for the time being. Yeah. But- You like it because it's got kind of- It's got a a small town feel. Well, yeah, but it's also, it has a little bit of money too, so it, it, it still has that- this, a little bit of the success, and then also it has that down to earth feel to it. Yeah, it's like it's not like it's not pompousy. No, exactly. But, but it's, it's still, still nice. clean. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. that's exactly what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say, for sure. Like you don't, you're it, it, it. It's just a good area, dude. Like I'm telling yeah. you, that's where you should be living. I know. I you're probably right. It suits you. I yeah, you're probably right. I like that area. I like yeah. it a lot. I mean, actually, that Mexican restaurant down in Kirkwood. Amigos, is, yeah, it's the best Mexican restaurant in St. Louis, hands down. Yeah, easily. Absolutely. The only problem is, is they don't sell our tequila there. Oh. Most of these people listening don't even know that we have tequila. Yeah. Unavita. Unavita tequila, the best Unavita. the best tequila in the world. Not my words, the Tequila Association's words. Are you looking for social media influencers? Uh, I will be in the future. We're only <laughs> yeah. we're only sold and we're only distributed in like five states right yeah. now. We're going to so- talk about that next week, by the way, guys. Oh, yeah. Social media influencers. Yeah. Dude, that's going to be a great podcast. Because yeah. like a lot of the people right now listening, they want to know how to build their influence and how to become a social media influencer, if not just for their own business, but for them for uh, to get you know get paid to post. Right. And so next week we're going to talk about how step by step how to be successful in social media 
uh, as an influencer um, from here on out, not from we're going to cover what worked up until now and what's going to work for the next three or four years, Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm excited to do because I feel like a lot of people right now are really confused about where to go on social. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, anyway. Sure. So I'm going to tell a story to transition us into yeah. our That's actual That's your job. You're topic. like letting this rambling yeah, go I know, way I know. fuck on. Sorry, guys, but you know. Your job is to transition yeah. and keep me from talking too much. Yeah. And you yeah. are doing a terrible job I'm doing today. a terrible job. Yeah. So when I was still in college and I was studying, you know, I thought that I was going to be a pastor and I was getting ready to be a pastor, going to seminary and everything. We had a special speaker come to our church, excuse me, come to our uh, school. And it was a very, very famous preacher. His name was Chuck Swindoll. And so he came, he preached, he had a, he had a great message. And then afterwards you could go up and you could talk to him. And there was this huge line of students and it was just going so freaking slow. It just like literally seemed to just bog by. And I, I kept on thinking, come on, come on, let's go get on with it, get on with it. Got really uh, impatient. Well, when I got up to the line to talk to him, he looked at me, starts talking, I start engaging him, and literally it's almost like nobody else is there. And it was such a profound experience. Like literally he was so locked in on me, I'll never forget it. Like the way that he asked questions, the way that, the way that he drew out my interests in life, it was it was crazy. I mean, it was it was like a sorcerer level uh, interpersonal skill, and and that's what I wanted to talk about today because I think you are really good at that. You don't like to go surfacey with people. You like to go, you know, really lock in, go deep, see, you know, draw them them out. So I thought what we would talk about since this is a Sunday sermon is if you want to make an impact on people, you got to learn how to listen. Yeah, you got to learn that art. Well, here's how I look at it. This kind of goes along what we talked about just five minutes ago, or whatever. For look, man, I I look at it like this: like if you're paying to come see me, if you pay to come see me speak, and I get paid well to come to speak, right? I mean, most of you guys know that um, very well. Uh, my job is to serve those people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like when we do, and it sucks too, man. And Tyler's been to literally every event that I've ever spoke at. Dude, I get mobbed. And and a lot of times I have to leave without talking to anybody because we're going to something else or we're doing this. And that makes me feel fucking horrible. Right. This is another reason why I don't like the way traditional events are set up. Um, but I feel like, dude, if these people paid, you know, 500, 5,000, whatever the ticket price is, Dude, it's my job to care when they're when they're telling me something or asking right. me something, you know. And that I just take that real serious. I don't take it as like, oh, I'm a big shot and let me fucking blow you off, you know. I I value what they have to say because, right. dude, that's why I'm there. I'm there to help them. Well, dude, that last summer when you guys had that event in Kansas City where you started leaving and then you came back because you realized that there was a kid waiting for you yeah. that, that you had not got a chance to talk to. Yeah. Dude, I got that was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. And that I I ended up hanging out with that kid later yeah. on in the day because he just found out that I was going to be at another restaurant and he was just beaming. He was like, Man, I couldn't believe he did that. That's never, you know, but that's the kind of thing that affects people. Right. And we should all be like that. Well, dude, and you don't have to be some sort of multi-millionaire public speaker to be able to do that. That's right. You know? Dude, totally. Totally. You know, and um if you're asking like how to do that, I guess yeah. what, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, so let's 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 talk about like a lot of people hear the thing of, you know, to be a good listener, you have you have to ask really good questions. But a lot of people don't know what that means. 
Like they don't even know the art of asking questions, of drawing people out. Um, so what kinds of questions would you say uh, are good for, for like really starting to draw people out, starting to establish that rapport to where when you're done with that conversation, they're going to walk away and just be like, you know, Tommy boy, I've experienced a lot of things in my life, <laughs> but that was awesome. You know, you know I, I think that you have to understand something up front. Is that it, people like to talk. They don't. Yeah. You have to know your role, right? Like, if you've just got done putting on a, and this is not for just speaking, this is for sales or anything. People want to. This is for dates. If you're on a date, the other person wants to talk. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the one thing I try to do, and I've always tried to teach our team, is is to ask open ended questions. You know, not like, do you like French fries, but more like, what kind of food do you like the most? And let them talk, and then you know. That kind of tells you what they value, what they like, and it leads into other opportunities to ask. Oh, well, you know, what I really like is is Belgian waffles on a Sunday morning with my wife and my kids, and that's my favorite thing. Yeah, dude, you know what? I like that too a lot. What kind of syrup do you like? Oh, man, I like blueberry. Yeah, dude, blueberry is good too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like that kind of shit. And reinforce what their beliefs are. Not disingenuous, but like, you know, if I really do like blueberry, I'll say I like blueberry. But if I don't and I prefer maple, I'll be like, yeah, dude, I, I I used to like blueberry, but I like maple a lot more too. And you know what I like to do? I like to throw chocolate chips in there. Yeah. And it's amazing you how know? quickly you can transition from that. Because I know well, you that's said, how you connect with people, bro. Right. You know what I'm you, saying? You start with the concrete, sort yes. of the everyday things. And I know you've said you don't like, uh, you know, like small talk, but a little bit of small talk is obviously important. Because if well, you it's don't only have small talk, yeah. if you don't care. Right. Well, that's true. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's only small talk if you don't care. And if you're actually trying to create an experience for someone, you have to care. Mm-hmm. So like while it might say, while the example I just gave might sound like I'm just going through some bullshit, when you're actually engaged with someone, you know, I'm looking in the eye, I'm 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 actually asking them what the fuck they think, why they think that, and I'm giving them my feedback on what I think. And my feedback might not agree with what they think, but I still respect what they think. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, like yeah. people, people don't understand that to create real rapport, you don't have to reinforce everything they believe. You've just got to hear it and then let them hear you, and then the connection happens. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think one of the worst things you can ask somebody that we ask everybody on a day to day basis is, uh, "Have you had a good day?" Well, dude, dude, I was just actually thinking of that, like. Because that's what people say, right? right? Oh, how was your day? Yeah. Like, get the fuck fine. out of here with that. Yeah, it's fine. But the reason people are okay with asking, how was your day, is because they don't give a fuck about the answer. Yeah. If they really cared, they'd say, hey, dude, tell me about the best part of your day. Absolutely. Right? And then if the person said something like, oh, man, it was cool. I got to go to the dinner with my mom, and I hung out, and we went shopping, and we had a great time. You already know that that person values family above everything else because right. of the way they answer the question. Because that's what they chose to share. Exactly. Right. So you could tell so much more about people when you actually ask real questions versus... Because, like, dude, when you say, how was your day? And they say, fine. You just missed out on a huge opportunity to learn. Right. Because you're selfish and you want to move through the conversation. You know, if they say, oh, dude, it was great. I got to go to the gym. I got to train legs. I fucking killed my workout. You know what that person's priorities are automatically. You've also opened up a whole opportunity to talk about 
any number of things right. related to fitness. Yeah. You and, know, they've given you key clues on and, how to bond with them. Yes. And people get so in a hurry to get to the sale or whatever the ask is, right? At the end of the conversation that they just rip through this shit quick and they miss these opportunities to truly connect with someone. And then when you get when you get the sale at the end, the person might buy, but they're not buying again. And they're not saying, man, I just had the most amazing experience with this dude, Andy Frisella. I waited in line for two hours to talk to him, and he took 20 minutes to to talk to me, and he got to know me. He was, dude, he was way fucking cooler than I thought he was going to be. And you're passing up that opportunity because you're so quick to just move through people. You know, and this goes with any conversation, dude. We have this event here, Summer Smash, for First Form. I literally have to stand in the same fucking spot for nine or ten hours (laughs) at a time. It's crazy. No, no, no. Nine or ten hours. I know. In a fucking two-foot circle. (laughs) Okay? It's 110 degrees out when we do that event. Mm -hmm. All right? It is not... It's not easy to do. It is fucking hard. And it is tiring. And it is exhausting. But you know what? I respect the fact that those people spent their time and their money to travel here and to buy the tickets and to support the company... When I get tired, when I get frustrated, when I get thirsty, when I get sweaty, I don't get quicker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, I still give everybody the opportunity to connect because they deserve it. Absolutely. They just spent fucking two grand and their summer days off and some of their family vacation to come visit me and see me and see our company and see the, the team. They deserve that respect. And that's how I see it. Absolutely. You know, so... It's really come, dude. The baseline is is that you have to care first before people are going to give a fuck about what it is you're trying to sell them. You know what I mean? And when and the cool thing is is like when you really connect with people. I mean, how many people do we see, Tyler, that say that say this shit, dude? I love First Form. The only way I fucking tried First Form was because I loved your podcast, and then I tried the company. I mean, it's literally nowadays. It's probably closer to fifty <laughs> percent. Yeah, it's 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 a huge driver for business, but not because I get on here and I say, "How many times have I said in the last four years about products that we have or this or that?" None. Like I might mention, like today, I mentioned the one product, but I didn't say what his name was. I didn't tell people to go buy it because I, I don't have to. Right. Because I care about these people, and you know what? They care back, and when you care and they care back, you have a a mutually beneficial relationship. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And most people are so hungry to get to the sale right? that they skip the important part, which is the person. And I'm glad you said sale because people might be thinking, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, are we specifically talking about business? You're always selling because the heart of life is influencing others. You're always selling. Always. Always. You might not be quote unquote selling in the terms of traditional sense of selling, but you are every conversation that you have is a sale of yourself. And if people buy you, they're going to buy your fucking product. Absolutely. And that's something that everybody, not everybody, but most of the people listening right now haven't connected that together yet. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And we talk about this a lot. Um, Dude, like, for example, like, let's just say you're a social media influencer Mm -hmm. and let's say that, you know, you post something and somebody writes you a question and says, hey, uh, what about this, this protein? And the person says, well, first of all, how much are you working out? 
How much cardio you're doing? What's your diet like? Where you know what's your water intake? What's your rest? And they ask you all these questions, and they have a conversation with you that will go. Now you're like, fuck. This person could have easily just told me where the protein was, and I could have got it. You might even be kind of annoyed because you're like, fuck. All I want to know is where the protein is. <laughs> yeah, right. But at the end of that conversation, you're like, fuck. This person cares. Yeah. This person cares about me. All right. And that's important because you. It's not about the first sale. Dude, if you want to do the first sale and that's all you're worried about, go out and buy any of these sales motherfuckers courses and they'll show you how to get one sale. Mm-hmm. But what I'm showing you to get how to get and what I, what we're talking about right now is how to create a lifetime of not just sales, but friends and advocates that will automatically put you in front of their friends just because you fucking care. Absolutely. You know, uh, in one of the calls, Ed was talking about... Um, he has this camera guy that struggles with certain things, but the guy was recording Ed doing a doing a presentation, and Ed actually referred to the guy and referred to something good that the guy was good at, and he said that my cameraman uh, actually got emotional. And he said, and the point that Ed was making to the RTA Accelerator people was, the reason that the guy got emotional was that the things that I was saying about him was true, and I only knew it was true because I knew him really well. Mm-hmm. And so in this process of asking questions about people, when you gain all this information about them, it makes you that much more equipped to say things that are meaningful to them. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Saying? And, dude, and honestly, if we're talking about Ed, Ed is the master. He is that. the master. And dude, honestly, you're a, way better than me. I'm still trying to learn from you guys how to be better at this. Well, you know, you're you're, you're amazing at it. And I honestly, like I said about but, the the but it's uh, practice. Yeah, it's, it's practice. practice. We all have our different styles, right. but but I mean, I think I think just that other centered approach. You know, what like when you say every. You By know, the way, when Ed does that, he's being genuine. Oh, absolutely. It's not yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not a sales technique. He's just genuinely interesting. Yeah, and like he is. I've never met someone at such a high level of success that he is that still truly cares as much as he does about every single person he meets. Absolutely. I've never met I, someone I'm, like I'm, that. I tell everybody that. Yeah. I say of anybody I've ever met associated with you, he is hands down the most impressive, the most genuine. It's not comparable, and, and it's it's not even it's yeah. not even close. But um, so let me back up just for a second because I know when you were asking, you know. What's the best part of your day? Or asking questions that reveal value. I gotta say that just as a as a small little tip, I think one of the best sort of two part series to ask people about themselves. The first part is is basically a one word answer, but the second part delves a little deeper, and that is to say, "Hey, where are you from?" And then they tell you where they're from, and then you say, "What's your favorite thing about where you're from?" Because that will reveal so much about that person. Because for one thing, most people, unless they had a really, really weird experience growing up, most people love where they're from and they take pride in where they're from. And so you'll get them starting to beam and they'll say something like, oh man, I love it that I grew up in Kansas and we have an amazing basketball tradition there. Or somebody might say, I, you know, I, I grew up in St. Louis and St. Louis is known for the Cardinals or whatever. But it just, it, it shows, it gives people, it, once again, it gives you an opportunity to hear what's valuable to people, right. what they value. And people have such a tight connection between where they grew up and who they are that you really value people when you ask them about that. Absolutely. And whenever you ask them about that, you find out about so many things that you probably had no clue even existed. You know what I mean? Right. It's a truly interesting conversation. Yeah. Which which is what 
you have to have. Yeah. So that's a great way to like skip all the bullshit and get to talking. And what I like about that, uh, about that idea and saying, you know, those questions is that it gets people to talk shit. Mm-hmm. All right. Like they'll fucking, you know, you get into like a basketball conversation or hockey or baseball or football right. and they talk a little shit and dude, there's no quicker way to get rapport with someone than to bust their balls a little bit about what it is they really like. Absolutely, yeah. That you know what's funny is I I, I I'm just now as we're talking about it, I do that every almost every time I meet someone. Yeah. Like the way I connect with them right away is I'll fucking make fun of them a little bit, and then I'm like, oh dude, I'm just kidding. You know that's fucking and like dude, it's automatically they're like. This guy's this guy's a genuine dude. Yeah, but I good, just do it. Auto, I do it automatically. I don't even think about it. You're good at that though. Sometimes people try a swing on that, and yeah. they're not real good. So, like, if you're from this area, you know, and then you meet somebody who finds out you're from St. Louis, and I don't know how many times I've gotten like, "Oh, Ferguson, huh? You guys oh, are racist." Dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, no shit. Like, yeah. So be careful in how you clown on people because yeah. it can really backfire. Yeah. But but you're good at it. But you're right. Just it shows it shows that that uh, you're able to poke fun and ha- you know have fun with that. But so dude, I just don't take myself too serious. Like right, I, I'm the first guy to make fun of me. You know what I mean? Right. And that's why making fun of me on the internet doesn't fucking work. No, because I'm just like yeah. No, you're right, and and then of course then you and then you shoot back at them, and then they go. They cower. get their feelings hurt, yeah. right? Or, they, or suddenly they're off of Instagram. Dude, I am the king of <laughs> shit talk. I don't know where people, why people have have a, I, I don't know why people have not recognized that yet. I'm the Floyd fucking Mayweather of the internet. Like you don't fuck with me, dude. You're gonna get knocked out. Like awesome. if you want to fucking talk shit, there's a million other motherfuckers on the internet that talk shit, and you'll probably win. You're gonna lose every time with me. Yeah. Every Abs- fucking time. Absolutely. So, okay, so you said hey, oh, ask open-ended questions. You said ask questions that reveal what they value, okay, and use and kind of use the knowledge that you gain from that to then lead the lead the conversation deeper into uh, more rapport, more connection, more communication. And then what? What's I don't know. What's something else? Like how do you how to artfully and strategically use questions? Um, I don't know. How do you do it? I think you're pretty good at it. Oh, well, thanks, man. Uh, I would say when I'm good, I'm good. I, I would say, honestly, Vaughn, I'm naturally so used to doing this. Yeah. Like, you know, when I was young and people would approach me, like if I was when I was working retail, I would think of it as like a script, right? And I was like, all right, I got to say this. I got to touch on this. I got to do this. And I, I would think of it as like this orderly script. And every single time that I thought of it like that, it was awkward. Right. It was weird. It was like not, it never went well. Robotic. Yeah, it came, became robotic, repetitive, and like it just was some shit I was saying. Right. Um, when I abandoned that and I just said, you know what, I'm going to actually try to like get to be friends with these people, then all this stuff kept happened naturally. And that's where this, where my skills come from. Right. So like I haven't really ever analytically broke down how and why I do things. It's just something I picked up along the way on the in the retail business. And that's why I like retail so much for young people right now. Like if you're a young man or a young woman and you have a business that you're trying to start, you should go get a retail job to complement that business so that you can learn the skills of interpersonal connection because you're going to deal with all different kinds of people, all different races, all different, uh, you know, backgrounds, socioeconomic, all different moods, which is a huge mm-hmm. thing. 
right? Mm -hmm. You get people who are crabby, you get people who are happy, you get people who are courteous, you get people who are rude, but that teaches you how to react in those situations. And I think everybody who's starting in business should have to work retail for at least a couple years because, dude, it teaches you so much shit. Being personable yeah. is like going down the drain nowadays. Oh, yeah, but that's why retail's so yes. good. Yeah. Well, we've you talked know? a lot about this, and I hope you do at some point, that you're going to do a full-scale course on social skills um, and interpersonal communication because I think it's so value valuable. Dude, what know? I really want to do is a full-scale course on how to pick up chicks. <laughs> For these you know, young that dudes. would be awesome. I'm serious, man. That would seriously be I'm awesome. I'm serious. I see some of these dudes, and I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Not that I'm yeah. like, you know, the Jesus of chick picking up him, but I'm just saying, like, some of you guys need to fuck coaching, like, man. <clears throat> well, anyway. so two things I would say. One is that one thing that I think drives your ability to connect with people is that some people just listen for the sake of listening, and I think you really do listen because you want to understand. And it's a, per, a, a perfect case in point is that how many times is somebody in a conversation where somebody that something that they're saying, you know, you're nodding, you're saying, "Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes," but you have no idea what the other person is saying. But just to be, be polite, you just say, "You just say, oh yeah, yeah." But when I've noticed when I talk to you, you're not like that. You're like, "I have no idea what you just said." No, that's exactly like, right. I literally have no idea what you just so, said. So, so <laughs> that's the thing is when I catch myself zoning out, I don't just go along with it, right? Because. Everybody zones out. We all have things on our mind. We all have shit going on in the back of our head. And it's easy to zone out, especially when you're tired. Right. And so when people do that to me, um, man, you know, this goes back to, the, the, you want to know why I do that? This goes back to when I was in fucking grade school. Okay. And, and, uh, my mom, they owned a VCR, my, my mom and stepdad owned a VCR repair shop. And one day I was sick from school and I went, to, I had to go to the repair shop because, and I'm talking a little rinky dink store the size of this room. I mean, it wasn't like this business. It was like very, very, very lower, you know, it wasn't a successful business. Yeah. Um, and they had an employee and I can't remember the employee's name, but I was probably like in seven, sixth grade or fifth grade or something. And I went to the store and, and I used to like, you know how like uh, MacGyver was popular back then? And like, so dude, nothing's more nothing's more MacGyver-ish. So for all young people, MacGyver was this dude who would like create shit out of nothing, right? But if, when you're a kid, there's nothing more MacGyver than the inside of a VCR. Oh yeah. All right, dude, oh, yeah. you're pulling this shit apart and you're like trying to make, because the, there's all these cool parts in there, like pulleys and like weird shit. Yeah. And you're pulling- Just, the, just to clarify- for a little bit more information for kids who don't know, literally this is like a secret agent who'd be in a room with like uh, a piece a, of bread, a, a piece of bread, a dumbbell, and and a clock, and make a thermonuclear bomb out of right. it. Right? Yeah, he's a genius. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like I used to like like I used to like playing with the with the broken VCRs and thinking I was going to build some sort of fucking robot out of the <laughs> yeah. shit, you know. And if, you know, I never built anything cool, but I. You know, it's just something I like to do. I always like tinkering with stuff. Right. And uh, the the employee that was there, he's like, well, "Aren't you supposed to be in school?" And and uh, this guy probably got paid minimum wage, you know. Mm -hmm. And I said, "Yeah." I said, "But I don't like going to school." And there was this kid who was like two years older than us, who was who had flunked like two times, and he was big, and he always picked on me. And I said, 
uh, and I still remember the kid's name. I'm not going to say it, but I remember telling him like, yeah, but there's this kid. He's flunked two times because he's too fucking stupid. And, um, and he picks on me. And so I didn't want to go to school. And he goes, he goes, yeah, but what if he's at school today and he learns something that actually makes him not stupid and you don't learn it because you're not at school. Mm. And I, dude, I remember him saying that. Like he didn't say it like to, to make me feel bad. He was just kind of making a point. And dude, that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. So like, so my whole life when I do that, when I zone out, when people are talking to me, I always remember him telling me that yeah. from when I was That's in sixth grade. Story. Because I'm like, well, what if they just said something that would actually change the way that I think or the way that I operate or could fundamentally change who I was? That's how I think of it. Right. So that's why whenever like you say something to me um, and I'm zoned out, I'll just call myself out and be like, look, I don't I didn't hear a word you were saying because I was thinking about something else. Tell me what you just said again. Right. Or it, or frankly, I didn't do a good job of explaining it. it. So you just have to say, I'm sorry, I'm not following you. And I think people really, really appreciate honesty. Like to say, hey, man, it's late in the day. I'm I'm zonked. I was zoned out. I'm I'm yeah. zoned out. Can you please? I really want to hear what you're having to say. Can you Can you please repeat it? Yes. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how people are not willing to do that out of politeness, but in reality, they're being rude. Yeah. Because they're saying, "I don't care what they're saying. See, I'm just listening." People that have ADD, they use it as an excuse. Like, dude, oh, I got ADD. My ADD's got the best of me. That's no. That's not an excuse. That's bullshit. Right. Okay. Um. Anybody who's in entrepreneurship is going to develop some sort of fucking ADD. Yeah. All right. Uh, so it's not an excuse. Another another area that I struggled with too for a long time was remembering people's names. Mm-hmm. So like you know how like when you shake someone's hand and they're like, "Hey, I'm Steve," and then there's Bob, and then there's Billy, and then by the time you're done meeting them, you forgot their fucking names. Right. So like one thing I do, one thing I do too that I think will really help you guys with this is uh, when I shake someone's hand if I'm meeting them in a group, I'll I'll be like Steve. Nice to meet you, Todd. Nice to meet you, Billy. Nice to meet you. And then I'll go back again. I'll say, "All right, Steve, Todd, Billy." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 then I'll go, "Billy, Todd, Steve." And they'll all laugh. But really, what I'm doing is just making sure I remember their fucking names. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Okay, so I have a kind of a bad confession to make. You ready? Well, aren't all confessions bad? Well, I guess so. But uh, so there's this ancient uh, method of remembering names. It's called the memory palace. It's like uh, back in ancient Greece. And one of the things that they say is that you can remember things better if you if you have either a, an association of pain or sex. Like this is literally like so the every age. dude. What you're saying so, is every dude that you meet, you imagine having sex with. No, that is what you just said. No, that's Tyler, not what I'm saying. Say he literally no, no. just said but, exactly that. But the I reality, I remember is, because yeah. I'm associated with sex. I remember because I think about having sex with that man. No, no, no. But the reality is, they say <laughs> that if you can associate something that has like that that really involves the senses, and usually that means pain or pleasure, right? Yeah. They say you're more likely to remember that person. So what you're saying is, is when you meet dudes. You no, ima- I'm not saying when I meet dudes or man when he stuck in my butt. Them, no, he imagined, <laughs> he, dude. He imagines them doing some BDSM shit and sex. That's how you remember him. No, come no, on, man. No, no. no. I remember you because I had a Brian you, choke me out once. This is a real confession unless you really confess. No, I'm saying though that if if you if you want to remember, you, you know they make this butt cream called Numbit. I'm gonna get you some. <laughs> 
Don't ask me how I fucking know that. See, I completely, completely derailed myself here. But but no, but the point is is that you're supposed to pick a feature about that person. Or when someone really impacts you. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like Bear. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Bear did consult consult earlier. podcast for that but no you're supposed like if they have red hair you're supposed to associate that with something having sex with red what hair. no i'm serious so now you want to have sex with ronald mcdonald <laughs> ronald mcdonald's definitely got I'm a red doing muff. a catastrophically bad job explaining so is he a natural this. redhead <laughs> match the drapes holy cow dude this is supposed oh to be sunday gosh. sermon vaughn no i know but i'm trying to and this is just the academic I'm, I'm i'm providing information from ancient greek wisdom but i'm telling you look it up guys it's called memory palace is basically saying if you can associate something with either pain or pleasure and have some image that you that you link with that person you will be more likely to remember their name I'm just, I'm just telling you that's all right. just all I'm saying give me an example here Ronald well, I McDonald can't without, <laughs> I can't without like okay so no I can't I can't possibly that's right yeah I know but that's right because uh, you're gonna sound look re- it up you're look gonna sound it up real anyway. weird yeah <laughs> so but remembering people's names is very important and to your point uh if you take a moment to remind yourself when you're saying their name you're more likely to remember it now the other thing that's very powerful is eye contact right so there's no when you're listening to somebody but you're looking off into the netherworld you're not going to exercise as much influence on people as if you're See, right. I feel like you got so weird that it just derailed the whole show. <laughs> like, because now I'm thinking of Ronald, you looking at Ronald McDonald in his eyes while you impact him. Squeezing his nose. Yeah. <laughs> Ronald, red nose. Beep, beep. Well, I guarantee if you do that, you're not going to forget the dude's name is Ronald. <laughs> That's a fucking fact, dude. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Oh okay. my God. I'll Probably right. regret. Let's move, let's move on. Okay, let's move on. You're going to yeah. get a bunch of Ronald McDonald yeah, yeah. memes thrown your way, bro. <laughs> Everybody go put french fries in his comment section. Dude. Vaughn's like, all right, let's play dress up. I'm the hamburger. <laughs> no, there is a clown emoji. I'll be Grimace. Oh, <laughs> uh, that may go down as the most uh, derailed five minutes hey, of our podcast. Does anybody know what the fuck Grimace is? What of is Grimace? Grimace. What yeah. is he, a gumdrop? Oh, you know, Grimace, he's the purple one. He's like a mushroom, isn't he? Dude, I think he's like a gumdrop or something. He's the top of a penis. What the fuck is wrong with you? All right, guys. All right, we're done. Sunday sermon. Dude. Oh, my God. If anybody can know what We are definitely editing this out. Google what is Grimace on your phone there, Tyler. I think we need to supply people with the actual answer. Oh, my gosh. I... I apologize. I went my whole childhood wondering what the fuck that was. Uh, Yeah. This is a big purple blob. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, apparently you thought he was a penis. (laughs) Does that look like the top of your penis? (laughs) (laughs) No, it looks like you might have caught something. Yeah. What the fuck, man? That's purple, too. All right. Dude, he's the fucking eggplant emoji. That's what I was about to say. Oh, that is exactly what I was about to say. By the way, let's talk about this. I feel like people were mis misunderstanding the eggplant emoji. We're kind emoji. of off on a tangent. No, because some people think that the green part on the eggplant emoji is the tip, yeah. right? And yeah. other people think that the purple part is the tip. But I'm here to set the record straight that the purple part is the tip. The green part is not the tip. Right I, or wrong? I appreciate that. That That's... Uh, I would How think- do you, what do you think, Tyler? 
Is the is the green part the tip on the eggplant emoji or the purple part? Uh, I I'm I've always gone the way of pretty the sure I've green. never used the green. The green the, was the tip. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure I've never used the eggplant emoji in my entire you're a life. Liar. No, I'm serious. Yeah, you're a liar. I don't know because, dude, when it's hard, it points up. <laughs> so the, on, like on the emoji, I mean, it, it does look. Up. I've always thought it was the other way. I don't know, the, the, but the is the base usually you know narrower? what's sad about all this is that I started all of this in, unintentionally, but I started this entire entire thing. If so. you really want to connect with, I people, think the Pope's you gonna look, you look mis- them in the eye, excommunicate me when you're impacted, <laughs> so that they know you care. Wait, wait, wait! All right, so Grimace, according to Wikipedia, he is a member of the wumpus species. He's a wumpus. <laughs> He's a wumpus with okay. short arms and legs, which begs the question: What is a wumpus? Yeah. Uh, if if those. I, Grimace's McDonald's, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They honestly so, have no idea. Them little right. things were fries. Well, at any rate, ask questions. Ask open-ended questions. Ask questions that demonstrate value. Ask follow-up questions. And don't just try to act like you understand what somebody's trying to say. Be very honest. Be very authentic. And, and don't rush through the process. Right. And clarify. Yeah, too, many, too many people ask questions, yeah. and then they want to get to the next question without even like... Going into what they just asked. I've listened to some shitty ass podcasts like that, dude. Like podcasts where you could tell they're interviewing people off a list of questions, right? And it's just like, okay, also, what's, what's that? And the guy answers, and the and the host goes, mm. "Oh, okay." Mm. Also, yeah. one more thing: don't act like mm. you know what you're talking about when you don't. Right. Well, yeah, that's fucking. Annoying. What if you always know what you're talking about? <sighs> you know what's funny about that too is <laughs> I feel like the mo- more successful someone is, they the more they're willing to say I don't really know that. But my friend knows that, or this knows that. Let's call this guy, or let's yeah. text that guy. You know, yeah. it's because they're secure. I don't know what else, dude. What are we talking about? Okay. Here? Well, I think. I mean, basic shit, obviously. Yeah, too. This you, is basic, but when, I mean, just you, just the the bottom line is is that showing a, a real genuine interest in people and yeah. not faking it. And, That's the and, foundation. Yeah. You could do all this stuff we're talking about. And if you don't have that, it won't work. That's yeah. the problem. You yeah. know, and that's that's where people, they've been told that though, right? Like mm-hmm. if you go to any fucking sales course or summit or you're trained in most sales, you get some fucking script. Here's the script. Okay. And I understand that scripts are sometimes needed for people to comprehend the way a conversation should go. But the goal isn't to memorize the script. Right. The goal is to understand the outline of the way it should go and then use your own tools to make that happen. Absolutely. You know, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And yeah. I think that that's a, you know, if you really want to become great at making people feel amazing, a.k.a. creating a great experience, a.k.a. selling shit, if you don't care about them up front, you can go through all the techniques you can make eye contact. You could smile. You can make good physical contact and do slap on the back or kinetic reinforcement or remember their names or all this other shit, and it won't matter. It'll still be fake. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And that's that's what's not taught. And people are smarter now than they were 30 years ago. It's just a fact, dude. We, we have access to so much more transparency and so much more information that if you, if you just try to do the way like some of these older books and these older things tell you to do it, you're going to be, you're going to look real silly because you're going to be this robotic thing. And let me tell you something too, when you're starting out, it's going to feel robotic. Like, let's say a couple of these people listening will take my advice and go get a retail job, which most of them won't because they think that they're too good for it. Right. But the people that do, because they're committed to getting better, the people that do, 
first of all, you should. Second of all, good for you for doing it. Third of all, um, when you first do it, it's going to feel weird, man. Like, it feels weird as fuck. Like, I didn't step on a sales floor and be like the ultimate sales guy. I was fucking terrible for a number of reasons. One, I didn't care about the person. All I cared about was selling shit because I didn't have any money. And because I didn't have any money, money was important. And because money was important, I cared about the money instead of the person. You see what I mean? So when I dumped that thinking, because I got to a point where we were so far in business that I wasn't making any money. And I started to realize that when I dumped that shit, I'm like, fuck it. You know what? I just want to help people. And when I, when I went to that mentality, you have to be interested in people to help them, right? And, and this is how I learned this. It wasn't from some course or somebody telling me this. It was literally from going. If I had figured this out on day one of business versus day 10, years, year 10 in business, which is, you know, if you go back and listen to other podcasts, that's what I tell you. The first 10 years of my business, I fucking was terrible. I was the epitome of someone who didn't care about people. I wasn't mean to people. But all I wanted to do was sell them shit, right? And I, I remember, dude, I would make little games. I'm lucky I'm still in business in in uh, in that way um, because of the way I handle myself. I wasn't immoral. I just didn't care about those people. I cared about what they bought, you know? And I guess that is a little bit immoral, like now that I'm thinking about it. Um I used to play games with myself and be like, dude, I bet I can get this person to do this, this, and this, right? And you know what? I usually could, but they never came back, and they certainly didn't get results. And I'm not proud to say that. I'm telling you guys that because I fucked it up, you know? And it wasn't until I fucked it up so bad and we weren't making any money to where I was a point where it was like, I either have to move on to something better that's going to make me money or... I'm going to have to resign myself to being broke. And and what I thought about was the the two or three or 10 success stories that I really loved. Like I thought about like, all right, I could go work construction. I could go do this. I could go do that. I could go clean carpets and I will make more money. But I remember like the five or the 10 people that I had really helped. You know what I mean? That right. real, that really, really, I saved their life by helping them get back right, in shape. Right. Um, and how that made you feel? Yeah. And I thought about it, and that's what made me say, you know what? Because I always wanted to be rich, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it it made me say to myself, you know what? Maybe I wasn't. And this is before I knew, before I believed that I was in control of my outcomes and things like that. I I I, I actually thought, I'm like, all right, well. I guess I wasn't meant to be one of these wealthy people, but I got a pretty cool job where I get to help people do these amazing things. And so I I said, and I remember talking to Chris about this. I said, dude, you know what? I think we should just do this. Even if we don't make that much money, we'll be able to make enough money to live and it'll be fun and it'll be cool. And we'll be able to make a difference. And dude, when I dump that, when I dump that into our, into our company, Holy shit, dude. We grew five, we grew a hundred percent five years in a row in literally the worst economy that has ever existed in the United States. Like 2008? Yeah. yeah. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. A hundred percent a year. Yeah. Off of changing the fucking, the mentality of going from worrying about selling a bunch of shit to actually helping people get some sort of result and making sure that I did so in such a way that they couldn't help 
but tell other people about it. And the reason that they couldn't help and tell other people about it is because it was so fucking real and genuine that they had to tell people, right? That's awesome. So that's what changed for me. And yeah. and um, and that's when I learned that, you know, we talk about this, uh, I think, the morality of money. I think we did a podcast on it or something like that. Now you're going old school. That's way old. Yeah. Uh, but we talked about it. You know, that's where I realized that all the shit that I had been taught, you know, about money being evil, if you make a lot of money, you're evil, you know, all that shit's bullshit. Dude, in this day and age and in this fucking economy and the way information is shared and the connection and the instant rapport, uh, the instant ability to connect with other people and for them to tell them about you and your business and their results and their experience with you, if you're making a lot of money right now and you're there's a 98% chance that you're either a completely fucking screwing people, which means you're not going to make a lot of money long-term or B you, you are doing an amazing service for people that's actually changing them, actually benefiting, actually improving their existence and actually solving a problem. And if that's you, you are going to continue to grow and flourish and you don't have to worry about competition. Absolutely. You know, uh, and I, and I want to touch on something. I said completely screwing people. Dude, there's a lot of ways to fucking do that right now. There's a lot of people doing it. Hey, here's this product. And they they sell them, they sell them the, <clears throat> you know, the quick fix, whatever the quick fix is, because people want that. And uh, and then they deliver some bullshit. And then people never buy from you again. And that's you're able to do that right now, short term. Lots of people are doing it. Some big fucking names are doing it. But those people are not going to fucking sustain. They're not going to be here long term. They're gonna they're gonna make their money. They're gonna get exposed. Uh, they're gonna have backlash, and they're gonna be done. And I've seen that. We've seen it in business, man. We've seen it. It's not too hard. I can name a dozen people that I've seen that were on top of the world that aren't shit anymore because of that mentality. So I've I'm, and I'm seeing people who are even small that are making a great impact because they actually care. And those people, and this is what's great, they won't have to work for 19, 20 years to, or 15 years like I did to, to make a successful business because they have these tools now that could greatly accelerate their business. But what you have to understand is those same tools can kill you just as fast, mm-hmm. you know? And so yeah, it's always important to do what's right by people. And when you don't do what's right by people, you either got to fix it right away are you going to suffer the consequences? And I actually like that. I think it's the right way to be. That means your intention should always be on point. If your intention is, I'm going to fucking sell people this, and then I'm going to sell them that, and then I'm going to sell them this, and then I'm going to sell them that. Dude, your your life cycle in business is going to be short. It's going to be short. And you might make a lot of money today. You might make a lot of money this year. You might even do it for a couple years. But eventually, word's going to get out, and you're going to be done. But if you do it right, if you do it with integrity, if you're doing it the right way, the exact opposite will, will happen to you. People will talk good. People will spread the word. People will bring you other people and your business will grow just as fast. So, you know, if you're young right now and you're looking at like Andy Frisella and you say, fuck, dude, I want to be where he is or I want to be where Ed Milet is, but Ed Milet's 48 years old and Andy's, you know, 39 or 38, you know, these these things when you're 20 years old they you you're not going to have to put in the fucking 20 years because we didn't have these tools 
You know what I mean? Right, absolutely. So it's going to accelerate the amount of time. So like you can't let the time really scare you from doing it because your time frame is going to be so much shorter than mine or so much shorter than Ed's. Instead of 15 years, it could be four years. Instead of 15 years, it could be five years. Five years sounds like a long time, but I'm going to tell you right now, five years goes by so fast. You know, you know this. Absolutely. And, um, and when you're 20, dude, five years sounds like a fucking lifetime. Yeah. You know? But it, you're right. It does go fast. I feel like the last three years have just blown by. Dude. Just to doing the We're, podcast. This is our fourth year. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. I'll tell you, of all the great things that you said, one thing that really struck out in my mind uh, from you talking <laughs> is the fact that once you decided to make it about helping people, once you decided to make it about doing the right thing... It was almost like you were infused with this near invulnerable sense of confidence. And what I want to say is, is that, you know, in this in this environment everybody for, Vaughn knows what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. They know it. They they can they can deny it but they know it. That's right. You're right. But I think in this environment first form and and you know, you're a very strong personality. I, you know, I'm not what I would call, you know, one of the alpha people around here, but one of the things that I've always told people is I said, "You know what? I'm not afraid to talk to anybody. I could talk to the president of the United States. I could talk to the waiter at at the local bar. And sometimes you'll you'll talk be talking to people about that, and they'll say, "Man, how do you get that self confidence?" And I think it's going exactly to what you're saying, which is really, you know what, the key to self confidence is not focus on, focusing on yourself. the The key to self confidence in many cases, is just putting the focus on other people and helping them and having nothing to hide, having no hidden agenda. It's your intent. Right. And so by asking questions, by asking these these open-ended questions, these questions that reveal value, these questions that uh, that help you understand where people are coming from and what they're all about, you're putting all the emphasis on that person. So you're not going to be self-conscious. You're not going to be worrying about, oh, what do they think about me? And that gives you just this supreme confidence that makes you extremely intra- attractive to people and extremely impactful. But the pre the reason people the reason that you're able to to connect with people that way is the intent is always morally in a good spot. Right. 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 So so when your intent, all right. For example, like <clears throat> this is a, and I'm just going to use this because I think a lot of the the men in this listening to the podcast, will I will get this. You see an attractive female in the grocery store. Why are you afraid to talk to her? The reason you're afraid to talk to her is because you fucking want something from her. Right. Which is sex. Right. If you eliminated the idea that you, that you want something from her and you just said, dude, I have a genuine compliment to give or I have uh, a conversation to have or you're just looking at that person as another human, that pressure is gone. All right. And the reason that you're nervous, the reason that you're scared, the reason that you have trouble making a sales call or talking to a good looking female or a good looking male for you girls, which is okay to go up to a guy as well. The reason that you're nervous is because your intent is in a place that you don't want them to see. Right. Right. And when you don't want them to see your intent, now it's not genuine. And so you've got to like do this act. But if you know your intent's right, it, the conversation is, is easy. Thousand percent. Yeah. You are so right. Yeah. So, Best way to increase your confidence is to adjust your agenda. That's right. Yep. Stop having an agenda. Stop yep. having expectations. Stop needing to have, you know, what it is you think you want from that person. And how about this? 
get to know them. And I know a lot of you guys are thinking like, oh, dude, but that girl just puts me in the friend zone. Look, motherfucker, you're talking to the wrong chicks then. Right. You know what I'm saying? The reason you get in the friend zone is because you fucking go from being a normal person. You don't treat them like a normal person. You're treating them like you're putting them on some fucking pedestal. Pretend that that girl is a fucking dude. Give her some shit. Make fun of her a little bit. Get to know her. Know what the fuck she's reading. Know know what she's doing in life. And and stop thinking about just getting pussy. And guess what? You'll get some. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I knew that was coming. Yeah. Like, it's just a hard thing. It's like, stop trying, stop expecting this shit from everybody. Like, the reason that you're afraid to come talk to me in public is because you probably want something from me. You probably want some sort of information for me or you want you got it in your head dude if, if you just want to meet somebody and talk to them it's not that fucking hard and the reason it's hard is because your intent is not aligned with how it should be absolutely you know and that's it and dude you want to accelerate that even more you want to accelerate the, the the dilution of your fear of talking to people make your intent of bringing value to that person right. now they have no reason you have you have now you don't even you have nothing to be afraid of, and not only do you have nothing to be afraid of, you have everything to gain because you know that your intent is to improve that person's life. So now you have an obligation to talk to that person. Right. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's people awesome, can dude. tell when you want something from them. Dude, Absolutely. and, and, and honestly, people could tell when you're just there to help. Right. Right. Absolutely. And along the lines of that relationship, just provide value with not without an agenda. And a lot of people think providing value is like, oh, well, I got to like tag them in my Instagram post or I got to. No, that's not what I'm saying, man. No. Dude, value could be anything. It could be making someone laugh. It could be right. ma- making someone feel good by telling them that they're, you know, you, ha- you I really like your shoes or I really like your outfit or you look really nice. Hey, I, dude, you want to learn how to, how to communicate with Network. people? Dude, listen. <laughs> You want to practice on how to get better at this? Go to your grocery store. Every motherfucker that you see, find something that you think is positive about it. Walk up to them with no fucking expectation. Pay them a genuine compliment and then walk the fuck away. And you'll get good at this. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And like the old grandma with her, you know, hey, I really like your coat. It looks really nice. You look really well put together. I just thought you should know that. And then walk away. Yep. You know what I mean? I. And, and, and if you deliver it in a way that's not creepy and not weird, well, if you're intent- just kind of off off the cuff, authentic, people will value it. If your intent is right, yeah, you will not ever be creepy. Right. People will be like, damn, that's a really nice guy. Right. That's a cool guy. And you're going to stand out so much right now because people are stuck to their phones and this social media society and all this shit that... They don't have those connections. You know what I mean? So now you're in a situation where there's a huge advantage because you could stand out more. Yeah. So. Absolutely, man. How it's long tough. are we at? It's a day and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really. about an hour and 15, 18. Oh, I, oh we, that's not too bad. That's Yeah, we better stop. Yeah, but we'll stop. All I was right. thinking you were going to say it. An hour and 15. What do you want to close with? You're the pastor. You close the Sunday sermon. <sighs> well, I. How do you remember her name? I, what? <laughs> <laughs> so let's review. Yeah. So we talked about, what did we talk about? We talked about uh, Vaughn having sex with Ronald McDonald <laughs> and making sure that when you when you have sex that it's painful and, and you look him in the eyes, right? That was uh, the key point of this whole conversation. Look up Memory Palace and then you'll give me a, a little bit more credit. All right, what was the real review? No, I, <clears throat> excuse me. So just in terms of macro stuff, 
you know, align your intent, provide value. That'll give you great confidence, uh, great moral clarity. And then specifically, you just want to, you know, you want to ask open-ended questions. You want to ask questions that demonstrate value so that you can learn what matters to that person so that you can treat them like they matter to you. And then asking uh, follow-up questions that are for the purpose of clarifying so that you can comprehend, so that you can connect. And if you do that, you're really going to make an impact on people's lives. You're going to sell. You're going to make money, but you're also going to you're also going to exercise tremendous influence, which will make you. I think there's so many wildly po- successful. In I life. think there's so many points and in happy. this podcast. You yeah. should probably like, and I'm not just saying. I don't say this about every podcast, but this is one that you need to go back and take notes through. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, guys, uh, from the Ronald McDonald fucker and myself, <laughs> happy Sunday sermon. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, Thank you so much for making this podcast what it is. You know, we're one of the few podcasts that doesn't run ads and we don't market. And our success in this in this message has everything to do with you guys sharing it. Um, I appreciate that because it, it makes me extremely proud. It makes me know that, A, uh, you guys are on the same page as us. B, um, you're paying the fee that we ask, which is... If you have value in an episode, please share it. Um, but most of all, I think it, there's a lot of pride because it's like, dude, we're beating the shit out of people who spend millions of dollars mm-hmm. a year in advertising based off of what you guys are doing for us. And I just can't tell you what that means for us. So Absolutely. Uh, have a great Sunday. Genuine thank you from Vaughn, Tyler, and I. And uh, we'll see you this coming week. <laughs>